Are you ready to learn what red flags keep an eye out for when looking for love? Then we got you covered. I'm Brianna. And I'm Alex. And this is the podcast where we unpack reality TV and call out the bullshit. So that you show up confidently while dating and in relationships. Welcome Welcome to to Ditch the the Script. script. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Hi. Hey. Mm. (laughs) How are you today? Um, Quick update on me is that I became a mother. I'm a mother. (laughs) Yeah, you did. Yes. Uh, Okay. Well, for those of, um, for those listeners who might not follow you on social media, please express or define your mother. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, I am not pregnant. No, I did not give birth. I did give birth to an idea of it, of having a dog, <laughs> like literally a week yes. ago, a week ago, this is so crazy, um, that they allowed this, but a week ago, <laughs> a week ago Thursday, I was online and like, I, sometimes I'll go through pet finder and just like, look at puppies and just like, yep. but I'm never actually in a place to be able to get a dog. So it always feels like very distant and it's like, this is really nice. And that's really cute. And I'm able to keep like pretty good boundaries up. And because I'm in my own house now, because I have my own schedule and I work from home, it all feels a lot more accessible. So I saw a picture of this dog who was named Rocky at the time. And I was just like, I love him. I love him. He's like a little boxer pit mix. He just has the face that I find adorable in dogs. And I was like, if I can get my parents blessing to help me out when I need help, I'm going to push for this. And we drank a little, I got permission. (laughs) I checked back in the next day while we were sober. Like were those drunken, drunken commitments? Exactly. Do I still have your consent? (laughs) And then I, was in possession of what I now have named him as Tucker on Monday yeah. night. And so we've just been rocking with each other and we're, we're like getting to know each other. We're courting. Yeah. <laughs> we're courting. He is so, so cute. cute. So cute. I'm so Thank happy you. for you. He's a good dog. You and I, you, when you and I were just talking, we were having like, he was in a little bit of a, like a crazy um, bitey mode. And when I'm not available to like give voice commands to like get him to stop, um, it's much harder for him to listen because he's much, he's a much better listener with, with voice commands. Um, but we were, he was crazy for a little bit and then you and I hung up and then we both napped for 30 minutes outside. Oh, oh, how wonderful. I love yeah, that. For I feel, you. I oh my feel gosh. like this is what I feel like. I desperately needed like dog. Yes. But excuse to go take a nap outside in the sun. Yes. Yeah. More. More yes. yes. So that's how I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. I freaking love that. I'm so happy Thanks. for you. He is the cutest little thing. I mean, obviously I'm partial because I have a fur baby too. <laughs> Django and I love Django, is a but great they're, dog. They are both, yeah, they're both so cute. And so it was, it was fun. Cause yeah, for those of you, I mean, we'll just let you in on our quick little FaceTime chat that we had earlier today and they got to look <laughs> at got... each other. And it was yeah, adorable. Tucker was occupied with whatever he was doing. Doesn't understand the screen <laughs> and Django was pensively staring as usual. <laughs> okay. I have, I have a, yeah, I feel what? like, uh, yeah. 
I was just going to say, I feel like he was jealous of the um, belly rubs because like Tucker was like full spread and Jane goes like, um, can I get some of those, Listen, I would be too if I saw someone getting belly rubbed um, virtually across me. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I wanted to ask you, so what I'm learning about yeah. Tucker, which I knew once I met him and was really only going to be able to tolerate is that he's a beta. He's not an alpha dog. I need a beta dog. I am a beta person. So I, I really like, I needed that. Um, am I correct in also saying that Django is a beta dog? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Jordan describes him as a dog who acts like a cat, but uh, and I get what he means by that. He's not like a spazzy type cat. Cause I feel like cats get this reputation that they're like spastic and like want to take over the world, you know, and they're doing their own thing. Django is a therapy mm. dog. He is so mm -hmm. calm. He hangs out. He's so chill. He does like to play, but it's not ever long lived. <laughs> and you know, the second it's really cute because whenever Jordan and I are, um, sad or anxious about anything, he picks up on it and literally sits up and will come over and be like, I'm here. Yeah, for he you. goes to work. Let's cuddle. He goes to work. He said time yeah. to clock in. Yeah. Yeah, so he, I, he's our vibe. You know, Jordan and I are like the kickback, chilling couple. Like we're not always out and about doing all the things. We're not one of those couples. That I guess we used to be before COVID. We always had like weekly or weekend plans. But since COVID, we have been the couple <laughs> that's like, we're just going to yeah. chill. And Django is along for that yeah. ride, 100%. Yeah. He's like, I like, I like this. Let's all cuddle. We have family cuddle sessions. Oh, it's great. that's really cute. Daily. <laughs> that's really nice. But yeah, also, yeah, he goes in the middle. Doesn't that, like, that, how that helps you manage stress, it helps you complete, like, a stress response, doesn't it? Oh, my gosh, yeah. So Yes, 100%. Absolutely. That's what I'm finally getting to experience because all of the stress response completion that I've done in my time has always been around breathing. And that works. And I'm not ready to let mm -hmm. go of that. Um, but the option to like cuddle something, <laughs> I have um, a bit of a funny memory uh, over Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving, my mom's cousin was joining um, Jay. And he's, he said, to, <laughs> I was hugging my parents, Labrador, who is a big dog. And mm -hmm. I was hugging her. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, Oh, my God, it's like hugging a person. And he was just like, girl, that's the saddest shit I've ever heard. That is this. <laughs> yeah. <Aww>. I, <laughs> I think, I mean, when he was trying to make a joke of it, but like, I was like, I was reaching to this dog to meet, sorry, meet a need that I would want from yeah. like a person that I either don't have direct mm -hmm. access to, or I have trouble asking for. So with yes. a dog, oh, right? I get that. Right? It's like hard. So yeah. having a dog, maximizing stress response completion. Yeah. And it also, it's so great because it's also like no strings attached. Like what I love, Jordan and I love this and we talk about it quite a lot is seeing the world through a dog's eyes, which I guess if you're a parent seeing the world through a kid's eyes, like everything is so innocent and joyful and glass half full and allowing that energy, like, to permeate your own being and being like, you know what, the dog, that dog energy, that's yeah. where it's at. It's like, why not? Why not live in this like playful, fun spirit of like, 
everything's going to be okay and let's just love each other and like be together and like, you know what I mean? I feel like in a way it's, it's an abundance mindset. It really is. That's really true. And the other thing, so true. And the other thing I wanted um, to bring up as far as like the self-soothing aspect of like feeling a being of any sort that has texture to it mm -hmm. and warmth and a heartbeat and all of that. It reminds me, this is going to, this is Alex showing her dorky nerdy we self, love it. but I hope you we guys are here it. for That's it. That's why we're here. Um, the, yeah, the uh, Jonah Hill, Russell Brand movie, Get Him to the Greek. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've seen it, but there's a scene where they're like tripping and he's trying to self-soothe and Russell Brand puts Jonah Hill's oh. hand on a fuzzy wall and he's like, stroke the furry <laughs> wool and like ends up like writing a whole song. I will literally say that while I pet Django sometimes. If I'm stressing out, I'll sing it. I'll be like, stroke the furry pet, yeah. like, you know, alluding to it. Um, but the reason I bring that up is you're absolutely right. Like there's a, there, that tactile being able to like feel something that's living and breathing is a very, well, that's good for, way to that's good for grounding too. bring yourself back to like the present. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Feeling, feeling. Listen, any kind of if you can get an animal and living with an animal and you can be responsible for caring for an animal that works for your life, please do it. It doesn't matter what the yeah. animal is. And if you go, if you go and adopt an animal because of this episode, you best take Hell a pic yeah. and tag us on the ground. We need like a ditch the script pet collective. We can do it. Fuck yeah. We'll do it. We're going to use one of those IG stickers. That's what mm. we're going to do. And we're going to move the masses. I love it. It's really good. Okay. Okay. Plan. Plan made. Check. Done. Okay. So Moving we are on. also quickly approaching Valentine's day, which love oh it gosh. or hate it. It still exists and it's still happening. <laughs> yep. That's what we got. Yes. So I wanted to just, it, yep. <laughs> wanted to just check in and talk about some of our best and worst Valentine's day moments. What is that? Whatever that means to us. What do you got? Yeah. Oh, I had a lot of crappy Valentine's Day experiences, and those are all usually involving situationships from my past. Mm -hmm. um, and like, in particular, and, the, and I know I allude to this relationship a lot, but the one that brought me to my rock bottom, like, oh my God, I remember being so stressed out and anxious and feeling the need to impress and please on this day, which right then and there should have been a sign, like, girl... This is not the vibe right. of healthy love. Like it's not because it wasn't coming from a place of like, oh my God, I care about him so much. And like, I want us to have a great day. It was coming from a place of like, you're going to lose him if you screw this mm. up. It was so not yeah. healthy. So not healthy. And, um, yeah. So <laughs> when I think back on my Valentine's day experiences, like, they were all, the majority of them were a freaking hot mess express. I will say one of the best Valentine's days was actually last year over quarantine because Jordan and I got dressed up at home and I made some braised short ribs with a um, cauliflower puree and we had a glass of wine, which is not normal yeah. for us. We, we aren't, we aren't drinkers. No, I'm we definitely partake. <laughs> in 420. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> we're more of that. Yeah, you're the, you're the chill, <laughs> chill and, um, relaxed couple. 
until yeah. the Dutchesons come into town. And then apparently yeah. we drink a lot of wine. And then that's what we do for sport. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And we're here for it. But that's that's when we do it. And, you know, that's just how we like to celebrate. But on yeah. this day last year, we each had a glass of wine, which was just the leftover wine from the braised short rib. <laughs> and I very much remember... I very much remember finishing one glass and being like, I'm drunk. Yeah. <laughs> like, I am drunk. Yeah. How did I get here? That's cute. Um, but so, it was a good So time. it was nice. But yeah. it, I think, like, um, a takeaway here is sort of, like, doing something that doesn't have to be extravagant, but it's, like, a little bit left of your norm allows it to make it feel yeah. special. Right? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And like the contrast in the previous, like the situationship experience where I was always in my head, like, where do I stand with them? Like, I need to make this a big deal, like make this the best Valentine's Day for them. Like, that's my point here is like, I put all that energy into them, but I got none of it back from any of the guys. Like there's multiple that are coming mm -hmm. to mind right now. And like I said, that should have been enough of a sign that it's like not yeah, yeah, it wasn't a good match. Whereas with Jordan, like we both very much enjoy being like, okay, well, what are we going to do to celebrate? Like, how can we make this special? Mm, you know? Yeah. So it was, it's better. It's equal, equal effort is such a beautiful uh, thing. Totally. And, and honestly, even in the camp of, I wouldn't say a situationship because a situationship in, by my definition, sort of falls under this category of, you don't know where the other stands. There isn't this clear communication of like, what are we? And I think that there can be that for more yeah. casual relationships that are like very much understood. Um, because I think that it's totally. appropriate to be able to be like, this is a casual relationship. So like, we're not doing something for Valentine's day because that's not who we are in each other's lives yeah. or that would send a different yeah. message outside of what our, the terms of this like dynamic is, but a situationship leaves a lot of room for anxiety, a lot of room for, well, are they going to do it? And if they don't do something, I'm going to be really upset, but how are they going to plan something for you if they don't know how you feel or you haven't set any expectations for them to say like, this is what I need. This is what I want. And therefore like, are you going to give it to me or not? And when yeah. we don't do that, it's usually because we're like not ready to actually let it go. And then like, yeah. in your case, you're speaking to, you're like, like that would have been a moment for me to really realize that this was like not a healthy love. This is not a healthy connection, but future current you would never allow that. Like current you would like step in and be like, hmm, this is not, this is not checking the boxes that I wanted, yeah. right? but not being in a, yeah. being in a different place in your life, having a different relationship with romantic relationships leaves all of this room to like, ignore this stuff and then, and then be disappointed on these holidays that are like sort of like walking opportunities for disappointment, but could be really lovely when they are, you're on the same page with your partner. You're receiving that mutual shared, like equal <laughs> opportunity to make it nice. Like you're talking yeah. about what your last Valentine's day was last year. Yeah. Also, as we've been talking about this, I remember Jordan and I's Valentine. <laughs> Oh my God, this is so funny. I remember our Valentine's Day from the year before, which I guess was 2020 before all hell broke loose in March. And we, it was the first time I had sake. Mm, it was so mm -hmm. great. And yeah, because we went to a sushi Japanese place and I got 
way too drunk because Alex is a lightweight and ended up throwing up in the planner outside the restaurant and Jordan held my hair back and then promptly got me Gatorade and some drugs. And that was also our other, (laughs) which in hindsight, great Valentine's Day (laughs) memory. Well, I can't keep up with him. Okay. Mm. He, even though we don't drink often, he can hold his liquor mm-hmm. so much better mm-hmm. than me, whereas I that night had two cocktails and shared a bottle of sake with him, and then that happened. Listen, but he was a good sport. Listen, it's all about figuring out what your limits are, where you're at. We do not need to keep up with each other. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. But now we we very much laugh when we talk. It's it funny. Was hilarious. It's kind of a hilarious story. That's funny. It's hilarious yeah cute um what about you i want to hear about your like best and worst Mm, so i i actually haven't had i've really only had one real valentine's day with a romantic partner Mm. and that was Mm -hmm. back in like 2012 2013 wow that makes it sound really sad a lot of my a lot of my relationships we don't, we don't get to that February stage, I guess. We don't make it to the winter. That's just too much pressure. <laughs> we don't make it to the winter. We never do. But in 2012, when I was dating this guy from college and he had just come off of like th- three years of a serious relationship. And we were like, mm. we were in, we were in the early stages. We were really like, really connected and very comfortable with each other. And like, yeah. knew that we both wanted to be there. But he, I think he was like exhausted from the Valentine's Day pressure um, that I guess he was carrying. I now, that. now that I'm saying it, I'm like, oh my God, this sounds like bullshit. <laughs> this is bullshit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what we ended up doing was like, I, and you know, this was in my people pleasing phase of my life, which was um, all of it up until Fate. like yesterday. Yeah. I was in my people, <laughs> people pleasing stage. Where I'm like, whatever, whatever you want to do, like, yeah, you don't want the pressure of a Valentine's Day, like, go for it. That's okay. Like, I'm chill. I'm happy to do with whatever. I am. I. I have. It is. Yeah. It's been like two years of me breaking these fucking patterns because, like, yes, is it great to be like the chill girl? Um, do I ever get what the fuck I want? Never, ever, ever. When you just relax into the chill girl trope. Okay. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, no worries. Like I'm, so I'm, no, I'm no big deal. I'm no stress. Look how much, really what I was saying in parentheses is look how much easier I am than your ex-girlfriend because I was insecure. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. so we ended up like cooking dinner, which was like a mess, but like hilarious and fun and like great, but didn't mm-hmm. make, didn't feel special. And I felt like I had like years of waiting and wanting like a Valentine's day and I like, finally got one and it just like didn't, mm. didn't hit. Um, so, um, then I moved to Boston a couple years later and a really good friend of mine, Emily Burns, um, shout out to Emily Burns. We started like having a, like (laughs) a a Valentine's day tradition where we always spend Valentine's day together. And if we don't, if it's not like the actual day, we'll like, um, we'll do like the weekend of, and and we've done everything. Like we've gone out and like done dinner and like, like like yes. made it nice. And then we've, we've also like gotten drunk on her couch, like listening to Adele screaming, crying, con- doing contemporary dance. <laughs> um, and yes. she's actually coming to visit next weekend for Valentine's Perfect. Day. Yeah. 
I was going to ask. I was going to be like, well, if Emily, <laughs> if, if she's taken this year, you can join Jordan and I. That was literally going to be the next thing I said, but cool. I yeah. That's amazing. So I love that I, for you guys. It's that's been really fun. Bomb. It's also definitely, like, helped me um, create a new relationship with Valentine's Day. And now, I, I mean, for years, I haven't stressed about it because she's totally. been there for me through that. But also, I'm I'm not mad at couples for having Valentine's Day. That doesn't bother me. I want my, no. especially my friends. Yeah. I want my friends to be treated nice on this day. That like, yeah, yeah. maybe doesn't mean shit. Yeah. But like, my friends deserve. You deserve to be treated nice. You know. So like, it's just an opportunity. Thanks, You're welcome. Babe. It's true. Yeah, yeah. And I think that because look, I so get it. Like this. I feel like I talked about this on Instagram recently, but like I, the, for the girls that when this holiday comes up or anyone, for anyone that listens to this show and when Valentine's day is drawing near, drawing nine, (laughs) (laughs) um, and that resentment, that energy of like, ugh, like, what is the point of this holiday and blah, blah, blah. I get it. And I challenge you and encourage you to find a sense of gratitude. I lead like, follow Bree's example, find a way to enjoy it. Because at some point when you do get into a relationship where you truly can, you know, meet the stereotype of this holiday with your future boo, you know, you're going to be able to enjoy that. And I think that energy shifts into a completely different ability to manifest a relationship that you truly adore. Whereas if you sit in that resentment and that like, bah humbug type vibe about the holiday that is going to ring true for yeah. you. You know, your, your brain will find ways to kind of make that a self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy over and over again. So yeah. Yeah. So I love that. That's so exciting. For Thank you. you. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. So heading into married at first sight and Brie and I just want to take a second to recap why we're covering this show because yes, we love bachelor bachelor. We also love love Island and are getting so stoked for it for this mm-hmm. summer. And the reason we decided to step into married at first sight is because it gives us an opportunity to analyze relationships from a different viewpoint with different environments and circumstances that we don't get on other shows like the bachelor bachelorette or love island right we get to navigate cohabitating in this show specifically as well as traveling and a bunch of other stuff so you can get on board i i think like when a lot of people are seeking like relationship and dating um content we are looking for like something to relate to when we're in the dating phase and that's so relevant because there's so much unknown there's there's a lot of challenges that we all personally go through as we're trying to navigate finding a partner that is actually good for us, but it doesn't stop there. Just like marriage is not the final goalpost. It's not when we, this is like everything I've ever wanted. And your life ends once you get married, then you have to be married and you have to deal with really challenging, complicated issues within your relationship that lead up to that marriage, that lead up to those commitments, um, that still have everything to do with what each of you are going through personally and beyond after you make those commitments. And we really want to, we want to be able to build off of, um, content that's already out in the world that people are watching on like a national scale to show different Mm -hmm. examples and create, create different kinds of conversations. Because the point of what we're doing here is to, um, like fill a need where we feel like there wasn't conversations like comprehensive mental health and effective 
communication, relationship, healthy relationship building skills, types of conversations. And we really wanted to be able to do that. And we need to be able to spread our wings and and look at different types of um, examples of that to do that. So we're mixing it up and we're here for it. And if you have any suggestions, you email us info at ditchthescriptpod.com for any shows you want us to cover. Yeah, especially ones we may have not heard of before. Okay. Married at first sight. What episode is this? Is this five? Five. Yes, correct. Okay. So the big (laughs) big five. five. So we are in Puerto Rico. Couples are in this... (laughs) <laughs> um, where they play that on their radio every time someone lands in Puerto Rico, that song that Alex has just sang us. Yeah. And yeah. West Side Story. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so we, so anyway, we're in Puerto Rico. <laughs> I really caused Bree to lose her focus. <laughs> I threw her off with my melodious voice. And you like stepped We're gonna reel you it stepped in. right into the West Side Story uh, choreography. So beautiful. Um, <laughs> which is uh, honestly amazing choreography. So we'll, we'll allow it. Okay. So um, we are in Puerto Rico and um, the couples are, this is, this is spanning between day three to day five or six of their marriage. So they're really getting to know each other. Yep. They're getting to know what, what? Yep. <laughs> I just, rem- I remember making a comment being like, okay, we're still on day three. Yes. So yes. for me, I'm like, sure, whatever day. I know day three day was, three there, was there. Day three was like there, they have their individual um, hangouts and they're getting to know each other. And so we're seeing Dates. more conversations yeah. of these couples, like really getting into where they're at based on where we've seen them yeah. at so far, which they're all very different places. So yeah, um, it is a spectrum. Let's, we're going to start with Mark and Lindsay who. Yep. It was, it was an interesting mm. roller coaster with them. What, were, what did you notice? So Lindsay and Mark, um, look, I've been like really impressed with Lindsay's ability to be emotionally aware um, of how she's feeling. And honestly, I'm also kind of low-key surprised at her ability to communicate because I feel like Mark struggles with his words sometimes. I think he gets really nervous, which um, I want to give the guy a, a break here because let's be real, who wouldn't be nervous when your entire family is warning him about your angry yeah, side? right, right. <laughs> yeah, and so one of the initial um, things that I found really interesting was when she was mentioning how they were going to learn how to make uh, pina coladas. And he was trying to say like, let's pace ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, like let's not go, but he really struggled. And he used words like your personality. You had three bottles of wine on the plane and you could tell as he was trying to make his point, Lindsay was trying to handle it as sweetly as she could. She was like listening but you could tell she was low-key offended. Yeah. Um, and I really feel feel that Mark just needs help with his words. He needs help finding his Agreed. words. Agreed. I think that where yeah. the place that he was coming from in this conversation, a later conversation that they had where things sort of blew up a little bit more, yep. He's his perspective is pretty valuable. He's noticing her, right. the times. So he no, already notices that her energy is like on a level 10 usually. Um, until he, until he gets those softer sides of her, which he's, which we get to experience 
we get to see him experiencing totally. more. Um, but what he also is picking up is that her drinking supports the times that her personality is intruding other people's space, right? Physically right. and energetically. Right. So he he also notes that he has uh, he's like triggered essentially from like he has a past relationship. Maybe I shouldn't put words in his mouth and say that he's triggered because I'm noticing that he's triggered, but I don't think that he is. Um, he had a past relationship where someone was mm, totally. drinking a lot and that was really challenging for him to like support that previous partner with and he didn't right. know what to do. And so he's seeing Lindsay drinking and how drinking affects her um, in like social settings or in general. And so he's trying to like express a concern or honestly just like, yeah, like see if she, he can get her to meet him in the middle. Um, and he's yeah. not doing that. Uh, he's not doing that effectively because of what you're mentioning, well, because yeah. his like communication really struggles. And yeah, I, I think, I think it's giving him a lot to think about. That's what we're noticing. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as like, cause I know we've touched on this before. Lindsay has some growing to do in several ways and I'm not saying Mark doesn't, but this is definitely one of the ways that I feel is going to be imperative for him to be able to have a successful relationship mm -hmm. with Lindsay is learning how to use nonviolent communication so that she hears him instead of him using words like, well, with your personality and you had three bottles, like that is so, that is so triggering for someone who if that can be heard. What I'm trying to say is that can be heard as a critique on, on her as a person, yeah. instead of it being like, I'm concerned or, you know, I've had an ex who drank a lot and I really just want to navigate what your relationship with alcohol is, you know, like, let's talk about it. What boundaries can we set? Right. Um, and, and, I, and, and that's what, you know, it'll be interesting to see. And as this episode continues, we very much see him continue with that. And eventually it blows up, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but yeah, when, when he's talking about his past with his exes and he brings that up and, and I was really concerned with how Lindsay was going to react to what he was being vulnerable sharing yeah. with her. And I, again, was so she handled it. at her she response. She handled it yeah. so well. And she was like, it sounds like you're a people pleaser and you don't always put yourself first. And then like in her confessional, she was like with him, like with him, I want to be able to help him find yes. the balance there. Um, whoa, whoa. This, this duality she has is so fascinating to me because they're very extremes on one right. side. And it the sort other. of, it sort what of speaks you? to the fact that like, it sort of speaks to the effect that you're noticing where it is when Mark uses you statements, which we talked about last episode to say your personality, your drinking, when you do this, you're right, like right, this, right. she gets defensive. But when he's just sharing and being vulnerable and coming from a place of his own feeling, his own experience, she can hear it. So it's not fair for us to just blame these blowups or the times that Lindsay gets defensive on Lindsay and Lindsay's loud personality, which when people act I completely yes. agree. When people's energy are like present in the way that Lindsay's does, it's very easy to blame that person and to sit back and be like, I'm the good yeah. guy. I'm the good guy. When really you're not doing yourself any favors to help this person 
engage in sharing and understanding. What you're doing is you're, you're cueing defensiveness in your partner. And that's why she gets offended. And she, I noticed that she starts like kitchen sinking. She's like, well, if you want to take things slow, we'll get to that. Actually, we'll get to that. This is at the end of the episode for Mark and Lindsay. Um, They're having quote romantic dinner, which um, was not experienced in a romantic way because they had a really big conversation. Basically everything that's been going on with how Mark's feeling about Lindsay's drinking um, and the way that he feels about her drinking and the way that he is experiencing her on this trip He's getting more sides of her and he's finding himself feeling like, I'm not sure I'm interested in everything that I'm seeing about this person. So it's giving him a moment to pause. So what he decides to do is he tells Lindsay at dinner that he really thinks it's important for them to like slow down, take the pace. Now, what we did learn in this episode is that they have already had sex. um, And so- that's important to name because he's now asking her to take things slower and go at a slower pace, which we understand from his confessionals is because he's just like, not sure now, now he's getting like a full Lindsay picture and how she receives it is like, Whoa, what do you mean? Take it slow. We've already, we've had sex. You're telling me I'm the one you're telling me I'm all of these things. You just want to be by my side. You want to have my back what she ends up doing, and that would actually be all fine and good. What she ends up doing, from my understanding, out of a place of hurt and defensiveness and like self-preservation, is she starts kitchen sinking and she's like, well, maybe you need to, <laughs> it's going to sound silly because it has to do with farts, but it's serious because she's like, well, then you need to scale it back on the burping and farting and the closing the door when you take poops. And like, really, like she's, she's calling him out on like his real people business, yeah. but that he clearly exposes himself exposes her to and that to her she's like well is that taking it slower she's basically calling him out because she thinks it's a cop-out which i think it's a cop-out yeah i think i do too and i i really feel that again mark's inability to communicate effectively here is what the issue is i feel like if he could have defined because she even asked like what are you asking for because he kept kind of talking in circles and um you know he was alluding some of the drama that has occurred on the show and blaming you know to quote mark he said girls attacking you and fights on the plane two events that have affected us in getting to know each other in flow mm-hmm. he said that Again, I don't feel, I feel like he's trying to circle around the issue, which is he's concerned about her drinking, but he doesn't say that. He keeps blaming these other events on external factors. Lindsay can't control all of that, right? Yes, she has a hand in it, which we're going to discuss later because it involves another, um, it involves Katina. Um, Yeah, a couple of things. But in this instance, he was floundering trying to and Lindsay is a very intimidating woman because she's no Mm -hmm. nonsense i'm really proud that when he i'm really proud of her here and then yes she very much goes down a vindictive contemptuous path and i'm ready to quote and call her out on the shit she Mm -hmm. needs to fix but i'm really proud when he kept kind of circling around and being like you know well don't get lovey-dovey we need to slow things down and she finally was like what are you asking for what do you mean by that i was so glad and i'm so proud 
Yeah, because that was it. It was a lot of fluff. There was no, like, I need you to define what you need from me. Like, she wasn't saying, I won't do that. She was like, be explicit. Tell Alex, me I literally wrote down, I said, and I have no idea what he is saying. I have no idea what he's trying to yeah. say. So how, you yes. can imagine how she felt. Yeah. And she even said that it's confusing to hear you say, I want to take it slow when you were the first one to want to jump all in, which I'm assuming she's alluding to sex. Um, cause I feel like that's what a lot of people consider all in. Wow, um, we want. and, and Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and we never, yeah, we never really got an answer from him. He kind of kept saying, you know, just don't be so lovey dovey. Don't be so lovey dovey, which is really painful yeah. To hear, you know, it feels like rejection. You know, we, we, we've been physically intimate and now you're trying to hold me at arm's length. And here is where Lindsay snaps in her confessional. And I'm sure she said it to his face. I feel like we did hear, hear her say it to his face, but she starts immediately with you're so stupid, which is contempt. Mm -hmm. And it, it does not get any better from there. She gets out up from the table and storms back to the room and he follows and chaos yeah, ensues. That's right. Yeah. It was hard to watch. Um, I, I was proud of her until I wasn't same as you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I will say that, um, for anyone listening to this, whether you're single or in a relationship, this is why having skills on how to fight fair is so, so, Necessary. so important because Mark tried and I, and I even made a note of this, like when they're in the hotel room and she's kind of just being super vindictive and, and coming at him on all fronts. Um, Mark says, you know, I'm not going to make you happy right now. So I'm going to go take a break. You know, he alludes to like, I'm going to step out, but then he keeps talking to her and until he finally leaves the room. And I am a Jordan and I practice this in our relationship. The timeout method is what I lovingly call it because we know what the science shows about when someone gets emotionally dysregulated, right? When they're in their feels, there is no way you can have a logical conversation because of the way your brain is firing. Like literally the part of your brain that's in charge of logical decision-making yep. goes offline because yep. your fight, fight exactly. or freeze response comes in. And so, so if you, the benefit of taking the time out is to allow your body and brain Catch to up. calm the F down so you can think logically about the issue at hand and actually get to yeah. a solution. Preserve your relationship. Otherwise... Exactly. Because otherwise, all it is, is pointing the finger. He said, she said, emotionally reacting to one another in a loop, in a merry-go-round of craziness. And someone needs to make the decision yeah. to get off Agreed. the merry-go-round. So, so Mark initially attempted and then continued to speak, which is like, stick to your guns. If you're going to say you're going to take a break, take a break. Um, and, and eventually he left and that's kind of, that's kind of where we yeah. left off with this couple. We're on a cliff. Yeah. Here. It's not looking good. I'll say that. No, nope. No. Mark, I hope you find your words <laughs> in the hallway. Okay. All right. Let's um, switch over to Katina and Olajuwon. Yes. Okay. You go first. You go okay. first. My thing about Katina and Olajuwon is that the biggest issue that I had was when they were in the gym together. Because every, like, honestly, for the rest of the time that they, you had the same feeling, the rest of the time that they were 
like sort of spending time together and getting to know each other, they, they, they're making like, I don't know, regular progressions. Like it's honestly, he does a lot of love bombing and I'm just going to name that and just call it out. But I do find them being vulnerable with each other and sort of exploring past experiences and la di da di da. But the thing that stood out to me the most that I had the biggest issue was Olajuwon brought Katina to the gym and Katina goes to the gym because she's like, it's early days. So I don't really want to be, I don't want to take this person out. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't want to take myself out of maybe this person liking me because I could flip a switch with him easy. So what we didn't know from Olajuwon's perspective is this is his world. Like being, he must be a trainer. Um, or if he's not a trainer, he's very passionate about the gym, which no shade. Yeah. Do your thing. If that's how you rest and recover, go for it. There is science that supports that as well. Yeah. Um, but yes. what he ends up doing is he's coaching her in this gym setting. Like they're working out and he's coaching her and he's like making her do these exercises that like are purposely really difficult, which is like, it's the gym. So duh. But also he's like, no, tell me what you're mad about. Tell me what you're mad about. And she's like, I'm annoyed with you about this. And what we learn later in a confessional is that he's actually, he did that on purpose to try to get her to quote, open up and all that speak up. Yeah. All that reads to me is, so you're forcing your partner without consent to be vulnerable, to open up, to share something that they're frustrated about. That is that might work for you in the gym as a trainer with a client, but that is not going to work for your partner. And she says, she goes, if I would have dated someone like him in my twenties, I would have cried. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the most red flags with this couple um, on so many levels. He said at one point to her, this is my element. I want you to respect this. And when she speaks up, and this is what he alludes to later when he's referencing this date, she goes, I don't like these. And he's like, we don't come to the gym to do the things we like to do. We do the things that make us stronger, make us look good and all of that. And I was appalled when later he's referencing this date because eventually the guys get together in this episode. And he says that he pushes her to speak up. And when she does speak up, he tells the guys that he told her, like, I'm so proud of you for like, that's what I want in my woman is for you to tell me when, you know, I'm crossing lines. That is not the date we witnessed on the show. And he pushed her. It was so toxic. It was so not okay. It wouldn't have been aligned across had he not pushed her in the way that he did. Yeah. And he threatened her. He said, if you drop this, I'm taking my ring off, which like, even if that's a joke, that's not funny. Like you don't threaten the, the, your relationship for yeah. shits and giggles, right. Or to, or to motivate someone yeah. in the gym. You know, if you're taking this seriously, you don't, you don't throw that out there like yeah. it's candy, you know? Um, the other thing that I think is, is unhealthy. I caught this really in the beginning of the episode when Alonja Wan was talking straight to the camera. He never talks about how he feels 
about her or what he's thinking about their relationship. It's always about how she is feeling him, how she is enjoying their time together. It's really suspicious mm. to me. It's, I, I watched it back. Jordan and I were, once I pointed it out, Jordan was like, oh yeah, that is really interesting. Cause it's like, you know, she's enjoying our morning together. She's doing this. She's like, what about you, Alonjuan? What yeah. are you feeling? How do you feel about this relationship? Other than we know she thinks he yeah. thinks she's hot and he loves that she right. has his back. But other than that, I want to know how Alonja want, like, where do you feel in this relationship? What's going on in your mind and yeah. heart? You know, what concerns do you have? Um, and we got a little bit more of that towards the end. I just think it's really interesting that in his confessional, he wasn't like, this is where I'm at. It was all like, she's feeling me. She's enjoying our morning together. She's doing this. It's like, bro, let her yeah. speak for her. Yeah. You speak for you. Um, I just thought that was really interesting. And then the other thing, and this is something that so many women, I know I used to be here. Katina, when she says that switch line that mm -hmm. you mentioned, she said something could switch and all of a sudden he doesn't mm -hmm. like me. And my, my note here is wait, Katina, what yeah. about you? What if you end up not <laughs> yeah, liking exactly. him? What if he flips yeah. your switch? And so I, I really feel, and I get it. Like when we're enamored with someone, we're, we're excited about someone. We rarely, I feel like we slip into this habit of like, oh my God, how do they feel about me? But I want to remind you, you get to choose yeah. too. They're dating, so they're dating you as well. <laughs> Hear it yes. again. They're yes. dating you as well. The person that you so desperately want to like you is dating you too. Yeah. Sheesh. Yes. Yes. So, um, yeah, I, that was really concerning. That gym date was like nauseating on so many levels when I felt bad for her cause he was pushing yeah. her. Um, and to the way he was talking to her was really disrespectful. Yeah. I, I just felt. think that he generally like, he has no idea what the fuck he's doing. He has no idea how to be in a healthy relationship. And I know mm -hmm. we have said this again and again and again, there are moments where I find him to be right on, on the, right, the track. right track, but I only think that that comes from him, like having like him not being a sociopath. Like, I only think that that comes from him being like a person that people do connect with and do like, um, he's emotional and, yeah. and assuming that that is authentic, it's, it's refreshing, especially for a woman to typically see an experience in a man. Um, but it doesn't make up for the fact that he has no idea how to approach this, um, relationship and actually mm. see and meet his partner where she's at. Instead, he is steamrolling the whole situation and making sure that he is exactly behaving the way that he has always envisioned to be with his wifey. And it's just like, ugh, makes me sick. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I really, I can't wait to see what the experts do with this couple. I forgot about them. <laughs> like how they, yeah, yeah. I wish, I kind of wish they could go on the honeymoon and like check. I wish they checked in with the experts before they went on the honeymoon. Like, quick I really pause. How are we feeling? The happen. only thing that we know that is happening is like people are talking to the producers and sometimes the producers involve themselves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Any, anything else yeah. on them? I hate nope. them. Sorry. Sorry. Ooh, that came out of my mouth. <laughs> I like No, Katina. no, no. Look, look, look. Let's <laughs> clarify. You don't, 
you don't hate you don't hate the people yes. the relationship dynamic isn't healthy and that's what exactly you don't like. thank you so much i he i hear you yeah i i feel i felt what you thank were saying you. i get thank it. you preserving me for the public okay noy and steve oh no preserving steve. you girl you don't need no preservation <laughs> this well okay so steve and i hit a rocky moment we'll, that we'll definitely touch on but this continues to be the relationship that feels the most relatable in my experience um out of out of yeah. everyone what i really appreciate about steve that we saw in this in this episode not only with noy but with the guys as well is that he's very emotionally intelligent you pick that up? Yes. Yes. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. He's very grounded. He, uh, not as, he's a better, much better communicator than Mark. I feel like he could use some fine tuning on just how to like put Noy's yeah. heart at rest, but they're yeah. figuring it out. And I also feel Noy is very open-minded and doesn't choose to take some of the things that the way Steve words certain things personally, I think she gives him the benefit of the doubt, which is a mindset. I tell all my couples, I'm like, assume your partner has the benefit, has your yeah. best interest in mind, right? Give them yeah. the benefit of the exactly. doubt. What we do yeah. get to see from them um, in, in the positive sense is that they are both very comfortable with each other. They're both really um, attracted to one another. We, we know that Noi has strong feelings for Steve um, she started yeah. to allude to that before we got to this episode and we know, and we learn in this episode that Steve like very clearly names it, like how attracted he is to Noi, which is great. That's, that feels really important yeah. for their relationship dynamic. Um, they feel really comfortable with each other. They're making poop jokes. We love that. I love that. Um, yeah, they're me comfortable too. and, and honestly, like you correct me if I'm wrong about this, but they, they're comfortable with each other in the way that, um, like, I think they're taken a little bit aback about it because it's so early, but they're comfortable in a way with each other where, like, you and your partner are really comfortable with each or we're really comfortable with each other to start. Oh, my God. Am I right about that or yeah, did I get yeah. that wrong? Jordan and I, oh, 100%. Yeah, we've never, we've always very similarly been, like, Steve and Noy. Like, from the beginning, it didn't bother us to talk about. I'm, I'll, I'll this is on me <laughs> a little bit because I announced my books. I don't know why. <laughs> Listen, it's sort why. of like, it's sort of like dog um, training where I'm training Tucker to ring the bell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just ringing the bell. <laughs> yeah. I remember, okay, this might be TMI. So if anyone listening to this isn't a fan, you can just skip for the next 30 <laughs> seconds. But basically like as Brie knows, and we've like low key talked about it. Like I need to stay on top of my, gut. your gut health, your gut health. health, we will call it. Yeah. My gut health. Yeah. And so at that time in our relationship, I was doing a really good job. And so my number twos <laughs> were really quick. And Jordan was honestly impressed. He was like, wow, those just and I was like, yeah, yeah. they slide right out. Yeah. Like, it's great, you know. Um, and so that's how it kind of started with with us. <laughs> Opening that door. And actually, I'll say re recently, yeah, opening that door and we're very comfortable with one another. Like, I mean, I even mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the man's watched me bark. Like <laughs> he, we're very comfortable with each other. Okay. Um, and so nowadays though, I will say we had a really good heart to heart the other day about childhood stuff. And he mentioned like, you know, his dad always valued his bathroom privacy. And so now I'm making it a point to like, no matter what, I always close the door for yeah. me, like to ha allow Jordan yeah. more of that. You know what I mean? Cause he always closes the door for him, 
but I'm the girl. And like you and I yep. lived together. Like I never closed the door. I, I was listen, just I've like, lived, whatever. I lived, like, I lived with other girls in college that there, there was different. There were some, some of us didn't, some of us were very comfortable with the door open policy. Others were like, Jesus fucking Christ, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so Jordan, Jordan, he's like, he straddles the fence. Cause like, he doesn't necessarily mind. Like he didn't ask me to change that. But when I realized like how much he valued that in this conversation, I was like, Oh my God, I'll totally do that for you. Yeah. And so it's a habit I'm working on building. Um, but yeah, very fascinating. We also, and the reason we got into that is because both of our families had no bathroom boundaries growing makes up. Sense. And so, that makes a yeah. lot of sense. This yeah. is, this is a really good example. This example plus Stephen Noy's example of like one version of a really like closely connected relation, romantic relationship dynamic. Like you can have this, like this is one version where you're oh, very yeah. close, very comfortable, no bathroom boundaries, but also learning to scale back bathroom boundaries it, because it like preserves intimacy. We do know that that's true. And, and you don't have to be this couple to feel that you're in the right relationship. You can have, you, oh you gosh, can build, yeah. you can have different boundaries. You can feel like you never want to talk about this. I used to think that if you couldn't talk about poop with your partner, then like it wasn't the right relationship for you. And that is true maybe in my life based on my, right. my priorities. But I don't, I no longer think that that is like the gold standard, which that is so weird to make a no, gold no. standard. It, but what I would like to cap this off on is um, the Burger King philosophy, you can have it your way, mm -hmm. is true mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. relationships. Okay. That's, right. That's a slogan moment. slogan moment. You can have it your way. Whatever that means for you. Burger King. That um, will be the, because you're absolutely right. Sorry. I just wanted to say Burger King. That, Sponsor no, us. I was, yes. Yes. My way of saying it is that is the last <laughs> time I'll be mentioning you until you pay us. Run us a check. And then we'll mention you again. <laughs> okay. The okay. end. So, okay. We got to get to the, we got to get to the point with Steve and I. So they're in this, yep. Yep. <laughs> they're in their comfort space. They're, they're in a really beautiful part of a relationship where they're like, they're really into each yeah. other. And it's so refreshing to see. Cause I actually don't really see that with too many of the other couples in like the way that no. I relate to, as I mentioned. So they're in this, yep. they're in this space and Noi goes away for a confessional. The producers ask her if she thinks she's falling in love with Steve. She says, I think that I am. She comes back and she tells him. She's like, the producer just asked me. And it was like yeah. her way of opening it up. And she just like went for it. And I get that because as she, she lets us know that is, that's who she is. Like if she has it on her mind, she's just going to say it. Um, yeah. Steve did not reciprocate. He was obviously caught off guard and he said, thanks for sharing it with yeah. me. And he just let her know, like, I have really strong feelings for you. And, um, the end. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you a question. Yeah. Do you think mm -hmm. it's important to reciprocate the, I love you just because your partner is like there? No. Hell okay. No. Hell no. What? what no. Yeah, tell me. I think, I think that if you feel it and you want to share it, do that. And do not have the expectation of your partner meeting. Yeah. There. And that, I feel, is where 
Noi was a little, and she admitted yeah. that later. She was like, it just, I was assuming I would hear something different in return. And so that expectation is really what the um, painful part of this exchange was. Yes. Um, but I feel that she was self-reflective and emotionally mature enough to catch that in her. And again, she chose not to take it personally. Yes. And, and that's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that it's not going to sting or that you're not going to be disappointed that he didn't meet you there, but being able to share your feelings with someone from purely a state of freedom of expression, not I'm saying this. So you say it back. So I feel reassured. So I feel self-soothed two very different things. I I love that you Um, said that because I, I find where many of us get caught up when we, because telling someone that you love them is such a vulnerable thing to do. And it's incredibly brave. It's really brave. It's a mm-hmm. big step. And I give people credit for having the courage to, to take that moment. Um, where we get stuck is because it's such a vulnerable moment. We, 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 we let go of the fact that we just said something really incredible and we glob on to <laughs> what is their response. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, a lot of us don't feel better until we've heard that person reciprocate what we want to hear to feel soothed, to like get back to a place of yep. neutrality. And that's where I think yeah. that we fuck up because if you're going to take this risk, please know that it's a risk. Give your space, give your partner the space to be where they're at and handle that with care, honestly, with a little bit of reflection, have a little bit of compassion that it is, it's a, it's a lot to, to be on the receiving end of that moment. Yeah. 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 You know? And so I'm really proud of how Noi kind of was able, cause you could see it on her face. She was upset. Um, but then she didn't shy away from sharing how she felt with her girls, you know, cause I feel like that's another tendency is like people put that out there and when it's not reciprocated, they kind of take it back, but she didn't do that. So that makes me feel that she genuinely meant what she said. She shared her feelings about same thing. I'm slowly falling in love with Steve. She's really happy. Um, and then later on their dinner date, she did allude to like, you know, it wasn't what I want to hear, but like, I, yeah. you know, um, and, and that's I love how he handled that moment because he had had time to reflect. Yeah. He had spoken about it with the rest mm-hmm. of the guys. Um, and so yeah. the fact that they, first of all, big tip, they revisit this conversation, which I think is really important in relationships. Like when you, the first yeah. time you tackle something big like that, anything doesn't have to be, I love you. It could be something else. And it doesn't go exactly as you want. Like feel free to take space and come back to it. You don't have to avoid it and pretend like it never happened, yeah. which a lot of people do do. They pretend that it didn't happen because it was embarrassing or it can feel embarrassing rather, I should say. But so mm-hmm. Steve doesn't do that. They, you know, they revisit it because they are comfortable with each other. And he, he says this line that I, I loved was, you know, I, I want to be able to honor where I'm at and how I feel yeah. is... And they talks about how he feels strongly about her, but it's really, they've only known each other for a couple of days. And while the circumstances are really different, he is excited to continue to like, see where his feelings develop. Um, but that he's, he's being truthful in where he is at emotionally. And I thought that that, what an, 
what a beautiful way to express to your partner how you really feel while establishing a little bit of security without overdoing it for the sake of preserving their feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. He, he's great. He's very emotionally intelligent and mature. Um, yeah, yeah. He is fab. And then it was interesting. Um, they find out that both of them have cheated (laughs) on previous partners (laughs) when they were young. That was Um, a cool conversation. And it was, it was a cool conversation. And I think that, um, you know, Noi said it so well. She's like, seeing how my actions impacted someone else and like how they felt, it made me never want to do that again. And and Steve said, same here. Like I've learned in hindsight, like that conversation just needs to be had ahead of time. Um, if that's even a temptation. And I completely agree. Obviously I don't mm-hmm. condone cheating. Um, but it's so true. And so for them being able, cause that conversation could have gone totally. so many different ways, but for them to, to level with each other and share their growth and the lessons that they've learned the hard way and doing that is huge. huge. So yeah, great job. You too. Okay. Ready Keep going. to talk about Alyssa and Chris. Am I ever ready to talk about these two? <laughs> they are an emotional roller coaster. So we do see Alyssa and Chris like have a moment where they're enjoying each other, but it's they're paddle boarding. And the only reason why Alyssa is actually enjoying it is because she has physical distance from she names this. I'm not even we're not even assuming this. She literally names this. She has physical distance from him. And what I did notice is that she's enjoying it because he's falling a lot and she finds that funny which it feels very like playground behavior. And she, yep. something that I noticed about Alyssa in this, the emotional turmoil that she feels is the, the way that she victimizes herself. Why me? She says this, why me? I don't, why did this happen to me? Obviously the experts screwed up. And it made me think about our conversation last week where I was just like, damn, why don't they ask the experts what the fuck they were thinking? Because that would be really incredible. If you really feel that way. Exactly. Really cool insight because how is it that you're seeing all of these other couples get on, obviously hit their own issues, but like get on, but you're the only one. But for her, a lot of people take this perspective. And I find that a lot of things that we want out of life don't happen for people that look at life this way, which is, why yeah. me? Why is this happening to me? Yeah. Yeah. What you look for, you will find. Mm-hmm. What you look for, you will find. And so she has very much put on the hat of victim. This is happening to me. They screwed up. They did this to me. And, um, because of that, every interaction she's had with his groomsmen, his family, Any apology he's even said she's taken to label his character or basically build a list of why he's not the match for her. Um, And it's really yucky Yucky. to watch. It's so gross. Yeah. Like it's so gross. It's so whiny and it's so manipulative really is what it is. And that's why it rubs us the wrong way. Um, and to Chris says at the beginning of their like package or whatever, when they are going out on the date, um, he says, you know, I feel that Alyssa sees disagreements as disrespect. And I kid you not, 
earlier this week, I have a private client who I gave, gave some journal prompts to, and she emailed me and literally said, I'm realizing my mother wounds stem from her thinking disagreements and boundaries are rebellious behavior. And so this is, this is something that is also a pandemic Mm. in and of itself. If someone disagrees with your opinion, or if someone sets a boundary with you, that, that doesn't mean that they're being disrespectful. It doesn't mean they're being rebellious. And I think we all need to check ourselves and make sure that we do not interpret those things with that so lens. So true. It, it, it removes the opportunity to have like healing conversations and maybe healing is the wrong word, but like. Co- yeah. Healing conversations. Like the, all of it. how do you, how yeah, are you ever, exactly? How are you ever going to grow? How are you ever, how is your relationship going to grow? How is your dynamic going to grow if you, if you cannot tolerate a challenging moment? What we didn't see in this episode, but I caught in the like after show that must have aired last week, but mm. it, they, they play it right before the new episode. Right, And right. I didn't watch yeah. all of it because I really only turned it on a couple minutes before it airs. Alyssa's on the show. She's being interviewed by the host of the show. And the host is asking her about like... Chris and like what's going on. And she, and they were talking about the way that Alyssa prefers to have a lot of the conversations with Chris off um, camera. And she's like, yeah, she's like, um, (laughs) she's like, but isn't that the point of the show? Isn't the point of the show to be, to like show these parts of this development and what you're going through and like how you guys are navigating this. Yeah, And I don't even remember what, um, Alyssa was saying, but she became so frustrated by this challenging moment that she got up and walked off. Oh, on the yes. after party. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can't, she yeah. can't deal so with it. I no, she, and I have a note, I have a note in here. She can't take any kind of responsibility, ownership or accountability. It it's so bad because she alludes, I mean, we're going to get into it. So they do the paddle boarding date and I completely agree. I literally put in here, if the roles were reversed and she was falling and Chris was laughing at her the way she was laughing at him, she would have been she livid. Been pissed. It would have been, it, yeah, you know, and then I also, Jordan and I were gobsmacked when she was like, despite everything that's happened, I'm the trying to be person. the bigger I person. It's my- like fucking mind what world do you live in yeah and the second they make it back to shore she her switch flips and she is like sitting uh like so they're on those little like beachy loungy Mm -hmm. chairs or whatever and she sits two away from him so there's one empty one between them and then he is trying to engage with her and she's giving him one word answers and then chris goes I'm sorry if up until now I haven't made it clear that I think you're a cool person because he's trying so hard to extend an olive branch to this woman. And it's killing me that he keeps apologizing because he truly has nothing Nothing, to apologize for. And she is just eating it up. She's like, yes, keep apologizing because to her, she she can look back on that. Mm. Yeah. And she can say, you've already apologized to me. Look, like, why would you apologize to me if you're not doing anything? And it's like, well, that's his way yeah. of trying, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, she's very calculated to me. She's very calculated Well, I think that that me. like inability um, to take responsibility and constantly being in this victim state, it sort of shows why she 
why she responds the way that she does. She's just she's having a hard fucking time. Yeah. And then she admits to him, you know, the expert didn't experts didn't do this right. I went and saw a psychic and she said that I was going to meet my soulmate that had pretty eyes and an eagle <laughs> tattoo, which prompts me to go back to last week's episode when Chris very much called her out and said, I feel like you came here with a certain person in mind and I'm not it. And she was like, that's not true. And now literally she's admitting that that's exactly that's really what really interesting. Is. Good catch. So it's mm-hmm. not okay. Yeah. It's not okay. It's that's what I mean. She's super calculated. And then it's with the girls, she actually cause... tells them that she really thinks that they're going to do this and then part ways. Uh, I forget what's the language that she used. Go try something else. Yeah, I, I, I'm being honest. I didn't even take notes. I have like my girls vote date and guys vote date section in my notes. And I didn't. I know that she I know I wrote it in here somewhere, but she try she refuses to have the conversation. She's like, we don't really need to talk about it. Yeah. And then and then Lindsay asks, well, like, how are you feeling? She's like, we don't need to talk right. about it. It's so weird. It's so awkward. Um, I just don't know why she doesn't leave. Yeah. I don't know why she doesn't leave the show, leave this relationship. She wants the trip. Mm, The exposure. Yeah. So then, yeah. And so then the next day, because Chris now is like, well, the best time we've had together is doing activities. So let's go snooba-ing, which is a snorkel-scuba combo, something that I've I would do. I would snooba over scuba just because scubaing freaks me out. Agreed. But anyway. Totally. And she was like, well, I'll watch you from the shore. You go do that. And so he goes alone, which I'm really proud that he went alone because, like, at least he's going to have some good memories, mm-hmm. you know, doing mm-hmm. something. Um, and she isolates herself in, like, a little, I don't know if it was, like, a she's trying to eat lunch. And the producer's standing there in her face starting to kind of be like okay well well what's going on you know um how do you feel about these things why aren't you going with chris and what ensued had my jaw on the floor how did you feel about everything that she started to so it seemed that she got upset because with 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 Alyssa, it's always like a switch flips and i have no idea what happened um (laughs) she got a call from her mom and her mom was making her feel like, like you need to, you need to basically be nicer. You need to do this differently because the way that you're coming off the way you don't want to come off a certain way on television and yep. true to what yep. we have mentioned in this episode about, about Alyssa not being able to handle difficult conversations, critique, challenging moments, someone telling her that she's not doing everything right which is so contrary to the reality in which she lives in. She totally lost it. Well, but she totally lost it. And she became so emotional. So I think that she honestly seemed more emotional about the fact that her own like ego and image was going to be compromised. And that her mom was like putting that in her head. To her own. Yeah. And Alyssa to your own making, like you are doing this to yourself. And yeah, so she, she goes off about like, I'm being the nicest person ever. You know, I just don't like him. And the producer asks, yeah, 
So, totally. And the producer asks, like, okay, well, what kind of things would you like to do? And she responds and says, I don't know, like, leave, leave. here? Yes. Is her quote that I wrote down. And she was dead and serious. So I she really was wish. Yeah, I really wish the producer responded instead of asking more questions and was just like, okay, I can make that happen for you. <laughs> because I'm getting really sick of this. I'm getting so... She's nasty. So... She's nasty. Poor Chris is gonna, he's being traumatized. Like, I mean, he's old enough to handle it. And I feel like he's emotionally mature to handle it. But like, that is, this is p potential abusive behavior. Like what she's doing to yeah. him. It is not okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not okay. It is gaslighting to the extreme, mm -hmm. you know, and she's trying to gaslight us, the audience being like, I'm the nicest person ever. And it's like, what? Thankfully, we're not falling for it because we see enough. But yeah. And, and I want to clarify people gnarly. who are who are unfamiliar with gaslighting in a true sense. In this example, the general way that that Alyssa gaslights Chris is that she has all of these very clear feelings about the way that she doesn't like him. And then in his presence, she's very like, okay, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Like, yeah, you can do yeah. that with me, I guess. Or like, okay, like, that's fine. Like, we can talk about this. We can talk about that. When she has no actual intention of fulfilling those promises or like those actions and what he, that's why we see Chris, because Chris is not stupid, but he, what he's responding to no. in combination of the expectation of the show, which is like, get married and have a relationship. He's responding to what Alyssa <laughs> is saying to him, which is why he looks like an idiot because he's like, I'm just, I'm doing everything I can and I'm not losing hope yet. And if, if she'll just do this with me, then, then yeah. maybe we'll have something because she's not being upfront with the fact that she doesn't fucking like him. Get out. Yeah, exactly. So he's picking up on her energy, which isn't matching her exactly. words. This to boil it down, because this truly is gaslighting. And I feel like the typical examples I even give just because it's so easy to wrap people's minds around is like, you're so sensitive. You're so dramatic. That didn't happen. But let me be very clear. This form of gaslighting can be a great example is if someone is upset and this is the, the stereotype is that women get upset and we say, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. When your energy is not fine, but you're saying you're fine. That is technically a form of gaslighting because what is being picked up on, on the other person is not matching your words. Mm. And so, although it's unintentional, because I feel like generally when, when anyone were to fall into that, it's because you feel uncomfortable bringing it up or you don't want to like make a problem out of something. And so you're trying to just be like, I'm fine. Let's sweep it under the rug. Yeah. It's technically really harmful to the other person because they start to doubt their ability to read you and understand what energy you're putting on. Right. Exactly. Right. They're doubting their inability to like, oh wait, am I really misperceiving her energy? Yes. Like what? Exactly. And so that's what is happening here on a larger scale with Alyssa and Chris repetitively mm -hmm. over and over mm -hmm. and over again. So, um, yeah, I'm glad we could take a moment to kind of educate on this form of gaslighting because I feel it takes a little bit more explanation and, and comprehension yeah. to like really understand what we're referring to Agreed. when we say she's gaslighting him because it doesn't always sound the way that we, un we think it Absolutely. sounds. Absolutely. Yeah. So we that's where we leave off with them my hope is either Alyssa. they go home I, I need them to go home i need them to go home but we know that that's actually not what's going to happen be gone <sighs> okay um mike and Lin i'm sorry 
Mike and Jasmina. <laughs> Michael and Jasmina, you got it. You got it. Um, I'm so sad. Yeah, tell I'm me so, why you're sad. I'm so, so sad. I really wish... I really wish Jasmina would become more curious and compassionate about understanding Michael and why the way he is the way he is mm. instead of trying to convince him to be different, be, be already at this level of communication and a perfect fit for Jasmina. Now we have come to know her as a no bullshit type of woman. And we can see that, that her, yeah. her mom modeled that for her. She's like, I don't tolerate disrespect. I don't tolerate, um, feeling underappreciated all of these things. And if she could just hear him a little bit more, she would know that she's not being disrespected by him. Okay. Right. We got to exactly. back up and see where, where all of this sort of came from. So as, as they like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so as we get, <laughs> I was I shocked. I was so like, it sort of starts from this place of like, um, like, <sighs> okay. Jasmine has already got sort of a poor taste in her mouth because she's worried that M Michael is always thinking the worst in, in every situation. She does eventually bring that to yeah. his attention as we were hoping that she would. And he says like, he says something really poignant where he's like, I guess I feel like if I consider the worst, first of all, he talks about all of the loss that he's been through. If I consider the worst possible scenario, if that's the outcome, then I won't feel as hurt. And while I right. can appreciate that that is not a totally effective way to move through life, that is what people who have experienced a lot of loss, a lot of grief, or a lot of trauma tend to gravitate towards. And it's valid. And she's not validating him. So she does sort of come to a place where she like understands that a little bit. Um, and then he begins to start overthinking. And he names to her. Mm -hmm. He's over. She notices that he's overthinking. She's like, why are you doing that? And she makes it sort of like a really big issue. And he's trying to express to her, if I'm overthinking, it's because I really want to do this right. And then we yeah. learn they're exploring their past relationships. And he's like, he lets her know that he actually hasn't been in many relationships and has been single for a really long time. I take issue with Jasmina here because what she tells him is or what she doubts and i don't know if it was with him or in with the in a confessional but she's basically like i don't see how this person could like be ready to give he said she says this to him i don't know how you'd be ready to give your all 100 percent to a relationship if you never had one i took that personally because i identify with his his yeah. position i think that that's so yeah. short I, she there were yeah, there were a few things where I was like, ooh, ooh, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Simmer down. Like, be more compassionate. Be more understanding. Get yeah. more curious. Um, because I – and that's what I mean by she's so focused on trying to get him to do – and to think the way that she wants him to think that she doesn't take the time to be like, 
oh yeah oh my god you lost your brother when you were six and like had all of this crazy death like one right after the other that's so crazy i'm so sorry like what was that like for you growing up like how what have you how what have you done like have you gone to therapy for it whatever and instead it was like i'm sorry you went that way but someone else would have taken that and gone the other other way you know live no regrets and it's like bro you just sped past everything that he just the biggest shared with most you traumatic moments of his life to prove it's your point that's exactly what she was doing. She's desperate to prove her and point. And I, I, yeah. And, and that's what I mean by like getting him to be the way she wants him to is to prove her point. Like she wants to state her claim and she want her again, perspective on, on how he could have done differently. And it's like, that isn't helpful here. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it, it, there were a few times in this evening where I was like, ooh, okay, like, we need to, like, this is where Jasmina's weakness is. It's like, you need to learn how to validate. You need to learn how to actively listen and be more empathetic so that I'm not saying you can't share what you would like to see in the relationship or what you hope for his mindset to turn into. I'm not saying you're not allowed to share those things. I'm saying lead with compassion mm -hmm. first lead with understanding him mm -hmm. first and then go ahead and bring up, you know, I really, I, I so get how you would fall into this state of expecting disappointment because then you're prepared mm -hmm. for it, you know? And I hope someday we could maybe work on, on the, uh, the mindset of, well, I'm going to, I'm going to live for these people. I'm going to live my life with no regrets so that I really leave a legacy in service yeah. of the people I've lost throughout yeah. my life, you know, and, and saying it that way would have been heard by him too, you know, because all, all he's feeling right now is like, Oh, I, I keep fucking up. I keep messing yep. up. I'm, I'm messing up this Which relationship. Which is reinforcing his own and it, belief. Of course is causing him right. to get in his head. Yeah. 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 It's not so healthy. then they get to this place. All right, so they're on the boat. Ugh, while everyone's on the boat, this is a group activity. They start playing Never Have I Ever, which I um, hate that game um, <laughs> because it requires you to omit inf information about yourself that like maybe you wouldn't choose to omit. But anyway, people love it as an yeah. icebreaker or whatever. And so they're in this setting and, and, uh, Olajuwon, who is just like in my, in, I don't care what his history is in my opinion, my opinion, mine, just mine. He is like a classless person. Like there's just like not a lot of class. And that comes from two people who are like, love poop jokes, but no class here. Like talking about, yeah. <laughs> talking about sex stuff is so personal to me. Like like, no. So anyway, he's like, has anyone consummated their marriage here? Meaning has any, has anyone had sex yet? And Michael starts answering being like, you know, it's like, blah, blah, blah. He's saying no, but he's like starting to give like a winded answer. And he, he stops. And then Jasmina starts saying like, she's saying we need an emotional connection, so on and so forth. And I guess they had a debate, yeah. which we did not see aired. They had a debate where Michael, Michael felt that he was cut off. He felt that Jasmina cut him off. Jasmina saying, I didn't cut you off. I, that's not how I experienced it. I didn't think, I didn't think I was trying to do that. And then they get into this heated debate where Jasmina's issue with him, which she was like, your language was really aggressive. I really didn't appreciate how you were trying to make your point. 
I apologized for making you feel that way. You And you learn that he takes issue with that because he's like, that's not a real apology, which it's not. Saying, I'm sorry you feel that way is no. not it. If he, if he had said, I'm sorry, if she had said, I'm sorry that what I did made you feel that way, like, is that different? Did I say anything different? <laughs> Jordan and I, Jordan and I had this conversation and we do feel that in this circumstance that that is the exact difference yeah. It's like, I get what Jasmine is saying. If you don't think that you are guilty, quote unquote, of whatever is being accused of you in this case, like he feels she interrupted him, um, and saying something to the effect of like, oh my goodness, you know, I'm so sorry that whatever I did made you feel that way. That wasn't my intention, you know, um, next time in the moment, could you bring it up so I can be more mindful of it? That would have probably put Michael at ease, but I do agree with Michael saying that I'm sorry you feel that way is kind of a gaslighty apology. It's putting the blame on the other person. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I do feel like that's different. I feel like your language there is yeah. different. At least Jordan and I do. But this is a great conversation to have within your exactly. relationship, you know, because Michael ended up saying, if that's what you mean, then I'll accept it moving forward. Right. And that wasn't good enough for Jasmina. And like sort of to the theme that we have are noticing here in their dynamic is if it's not exactly the answer that she wants, she ain't budging. There's no compromise on her end. No. So, honestly, sort of similar to Alyssa, no. this disagreement translates as disrespect, and she's very sensitive to feeling disrespected. Yeah. Michael is not trying to disrespect her, and he's also noting no. the way he's like, I'm trying to work on the aggressive language. I'm trying to work on that. The accountability there was big. It's so Let's insane. see if that action yeah. follows up with those promises, of course, but he's taking accountability, and she is just stone old dude that's all yeah. i got i feel like she's anticipating a fight and the fact that he's not fighting with her and instead is like okay heard like i'm gonna work on that or whatever i'll be mindful of that she's like she even saw it on her face she was like like what like she was expecting a fight and he didn't give it to her and so I'm really concerned. I also, I really wish I kept saying this the rest of the episode. I was like, I wish we saw yeah. the interaction because I find it very hard to believe that he was rude and aggressive when I've been seeing Jasmina be way more rude and aggressive and disrespectful. Mm. So I'm wondering if there's any projection mm -hmm. going on, but we didn't get to see the conversation that they're alluding to mm -hmm. in this moment. Um, so the jury is out on that. Like we don't, yeah, we it's, can't, it's hard we to can't, tell. I can't say with the utmost confidence um because i've i feel that there have been so many moments where he could be disrespectful rude and aggressive back to her based off of what she has said to him in mm -hmm. response you know not validating mm -hmm. him trying to prove her point and um he hasn't been that way we haven't seen him yeah. ever be like that so it's hard it's hard for me to 100 percent believe that that's yeah. what happened. Agreed. Um, but I need to let that go because <laughs> I'm never going to know. Yeah. Maybe we'll see more in their dynamic so. and see what she's talking about if it's the case. And it's it was mentioned by his family as well. So anyway. Okay. So we Hopes. have more to learn about all of these couples in the next episode, which um, we are constantly on the edge of our seat to find out. I wanted to oh make a God, quick yes. announcement about our February 10th um, Alfie conversation. So um, yes. really quickly, uh, Alfie is a new app. It's in beta that is 
focus on it's it's there to support people who identify as women to build professional networks have conversations with each other sort of similar to um clubhouse if th mm -hmm. that was like a wave that you had got on where there's like moderated real-time live chats that people can be a part of um, but there's also a lot of articles that are posted there there's a lot of different trainings that are available there um it's very very cool mm -hmm. it's very user-friendly and so alex and i have been invited to do a moderated live chat on dating and relationships, building confidence, and specifically around like the Valentine's Day holiday for people who are in relationships and people who are single. So we're very excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. So February 10th, it's 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. If you want to join us, then go ahead and shoot us a message on Instagram or an email info at ditchthescriptpod.com. Um, and we'll shoot you the link because you must get an invite code from the app themselves. So we will shoot you a link to send them your info and they will reply with an invite code to the app so you can join it and hang out with us. Yeah. Um, other than that, we love you guys. If you like this episode, rate us, review us, share it, screenshot it and share it to the gram and tag us. We love to see it. And bye. Send us your listener questions. Yeah. We love to hear them. Goodbye. But send us your listener <laughs> questions. Ditch the script pod .com. Bye. Okay. We love you. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>